The following episode of TOEFOP is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Hello and welcome to TOEFOP, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And uh, Charlie, your teeth have never looked better. <laughs> they look beautiful. They look, they look styled. They look, you know, well presented. Plenty of shine. Yeah. The, uh, the, the hairs, Full volume body. The hairs on your tongue look like they are, they are shaped well. Uh, the reason I'm saying this is because uh, Charlie and I are staying in the... Uh, you're crashing in my hotel at the moment in Adelaide because I'm for the Adelaide Fringe Festival. And last night when we got home quite late, you went to brush your teeth with my hair product. <laughs> and, not, and not in some kind of like funny booger-esque kind of way, like trying to make you laugh. I genuinely thought it was toothpaste because yeah. it's in like a, a, like a, a, a small cylindrical tube that yeah. has one of those push-button... Like you, so they do Colgate in tubes just like that. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, but the Colgate ones look like Colgate. <laughs> They're not in a silver thing that says hair product. <laughs> But what I loved was that you're brushing your teeth with this hair product and before you spat out the hair product, you still, with your toothbrush in your mouth, kept brushing and turned to me and went, this is not toothpaste. (laughs) I was like, I would have spat it out first, then informed me that you hadn't, but you were just like, no, I'm going to let you know. Well, what if it had turned out that actually my teeth had never been whiter or brighter? Like if hair product was like a better cleaning product than toothpaste. Oh, I if you see. If you're one of those people who discovered. Yeah. Like, you just know, people, through like misadventure. People who put toothpaste on zits. Like apparently, what? yeah, apparently if you get a zit on your face and you put toothpaste on it, it can help with, yeah, getting your zit. And that just must have been someone who was bad at brushing their teeth originally. That sounds just like a cure for hiccups though. I don't believe it. You know how everyone has their cure for hiccups? And none of them work. Well, Amy's works. Amy does that one where I have to look her directly in the eye and say, I will give you $100 if you hiccup again. And every time I do that to her, it stops her hiccups. Really? Yeah. I've I've heard that one. I feel like the mentalist. (laughs) I feel like I have some power over her. Like I've slowed down my voice and she gets into the rhythm of me in like this interrogation situation. And I'm like, no, you don't have to reveal the truth to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then it all comes out I'm like that with a hundred I'll, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you hiccup again yeah. and take a tell me up. where you were last night <laughs> yeah. I will give you a hundred dollars <laughs> if you make out with that chick <laughs> if you could do that a hundred dollars <laughs> if I was the mentalist that's what I'd be using it for I, we should make a version of the mentalist where we have the same powers but we just go around from situation to situation making girls make out with each other <laughs> Girls Gone Mentalist. <laughs> In fact, I might call it Girls Gone Will. And it'll <laughs> yeah, be my yeah, new perfect. show. Where I will 2013's go. written. Yeah, and so basically Girls Gone Will is a cross between the mentalist and Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, I like where that. I go around the country using my mentalist powers to convince girls to show their breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pitching that. That, that. that could be an idea. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you need to be a skilled uh, like cold reader or anything to get girls to flash their boobs. These days, it seems like, if the internet has told me anything, that all you need is a video camera and girls will flash their boobs. Is it not um, the point now, where, and this is what I think sometimes uh, looking at the internet, is everyone naked? Yes. Like, have you seen every girl in the world naked? Because it feels sometimes like that's what the like. internet has done. I think there yeah. are more girls doing porn than there is people to watch porn. Well, you look at like amateur photos, like, you know, user-submitted ones or whatever, yeah. in the hope of seeing someone you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of have, you, have you seen anyone you know yet? Yeah, that would be a great bit of footage. Like, that'd be a great app. Mm. If you could come up with an app where you could plug in your Facebook friends and it would search the internet to find nudes of them. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Why hasn't is someone that, invented that? Is that called that? Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much called Facebook, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I do think that there is an element of that where you go... Like, one of my friends um, is a burlesque dancer. And she posts pictures of herself all the time at her burlesque shows. Mm. And so quite a lot of the time, it will just be her in a G-string, you know, in her burlesque gear. 
And they're just Facebook photos. Yeah. Like she's, I don't go to her page and like look those photos up specifically. They're in my timeline. Mm. So when I open up my timeline, there's quite often, you know, it's the, pictures pro- of her with your, her boobs. Your up. profile pic says a lot about the kind of person you are though. Like I'm always fascinated when people put up, like especially girls will put up like a Facebook profile photo that's them in a bikini. Yeah. You know, if they're not a burlesque entertainer, if they're yeah. just like a girl who works in an office, but their photo is like, hey, this is what I look like. Yeah, my on clothes. the weekend. Yeah. That's right. You might see me in office gear, but I can, I can rock a bikini or lying on a bed. There's always some, something about, because there's quite a lot of Facebook photos that seem to be taken while they're lying on a bed. Yeah, right. So by the person. like By so, the person. Like self-shot. So you can kind of see their face, but behind them is clearly their body lying on a bed. Yeah, yeah. I think that's suggestive. I haven't seen it in any of those, I don't think. Really? Like you've got friends in your Facebook social network yeah. who are lying in a bed. Yeah. Wow. Who are these friends? <laughs> can I be friends with them? I'll suggest that you can also be friends. <laughs> if you like this person, you might also like this person. That has to be the most overused. Like, you know, there's been um, more celebrity nude shots that have come out. Like Christina Hendricks yep. and Olivia Munn have allegedly, they're denying it, but you know, it pretty much looks like them have had stolen cell phone pics. And that full-length mirror shot where you see the girl holding her iPhone or a Blackberry about head height, a couple of feet in front of her, taking a photo of her naked body or semi-naked body, like, that has become so iconic. To me, that sums up, like, 2011. You know, that image of a celebrity standing in front of a full-length mirror, barely clothed, with this, it's always, like, the same kind of pose. It, it, it really is. It's, it's our generation's version of, you know, the... the the tennis player woman with no underwear. Yeah, that's right. Like, it's just celebrity. celebrities taking photos of themselves in the mirror. But the thing is that, like, and there was another one in the paper just recently about an Australian boxer called Lauren Eagle, uh, who some people might know, and she's an Australian female boxer, and she's really hot, and there was, like, a sex tape of her that came out, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like... Everyone's doing stop it. Stop making sex tapes. <laughs> Everybody, unless you think that your relationship is so good that it's never going to change... Stop taking nudes of each other mm. and stop making sex types. Yeah. Because they're going to get on the internet. Yeah. I mean, you just can't... I mean, people can hack into your phone. Yeah. Like, you may make sex type with no intention of anyone ever seeing it. Yeah. You might just take photos of yourself, not even for your partner, just for yourself. But they're going to get out. Yeah. Especially if you've got a profile. But do you think maybe the attitudes are going to change now? Like, because you're seeing everyone. Like, 20 years ago, you couldn't imagine that... Uh, the girls of 90210 or fucking say by the bell you'd see them naked it was just that would never happen nowadays if you watch TV there's a good chance that you know some of the girls on some of the shows you've seen you've seen them naked yeah. and not just like in Playboy but like shots have taken it home yeah quite a lot of the time you just watch TV and go I've enjoyed their working and acting now I'm going to go and see what they look like with no clothes it on. makes me I've seen photos of girl, like celebrities who've had stolen you know uh, cell phone pics or sex tapes and it's made me go look up what they actually do yeah. for a living <laughs> Now, now I'd like to see them in a film. Yeah, totally. I want to see them look like with their clothes on. It piques my interest. How so that's going to shift. Like, don't you reckon it's just going to become so common now that we won't, it won't even be a scandal anymore? Well, it's barely at that point now. I think every time a new sex tape comes out, you're more just like, yeah, fair enough, rather than you know you you particularly being excited you know, about it. Hulk Hogan has a sex tape apparently. Yeah, that he was shopping around. Oh yeah, but they, the way they shop it around is to always say, "I am outraged." Yeah. I will fight this in the courts. And then it's like, well, really, there's no way anyone can release that without your express permission. If, if it's been identified as you. So are you really fighting it that hard? I would like to see Hulk Hogan fight it in the courts, though. But unfortunately, the courtroom would have to be in, in the middle of a wrestling ring at WrestleMania. And they set up the entire court. And then, like, the Hulk's losing. So then he has to Hulk up yeah, to yeah. really fight it as aggressively as he can. I object. <laughs> and, so then, like, the, the other lawyers, like, don't, don't let him Hulk up. Yeah. We're going to lose if he Hulks up. Just always keep him calm. And then there's that point where he starts to Hulk up. <laughs> and the defense attorney can be the genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite, like... Uh, characters from the wrestling in the 80s uh, the genius I think his name was Larry Larry Pontfort or something really weird he was Ra- Randy Macho Man Savage's brother he's yeah. his actual brother oh your actual brother yeah, yeah. Okay. and um, I always thought like of all the gimmicks that you get given in wrestling and normally it's like you're the caveman yeah. or you're the barbarian you've or you're ri- the warlord yeah, it's you've like, risen from the death yeah. or you're like you know you're a, you're a Soviet spy yeah. risen from so the generally they tend to be characters yeah. that a big brawny guy wouldn't yeah. have much trouble playing and then they take this one poor sap and say oh you're the genius yeah. <laughs> go out there and sound really intelligent go on Poindexter 
roll out there in your Stephen Hawking wheelchair. But they've all the kind of gimmicks to give to like a guy who spends 90% of his day in the gym or taking steroids. Yeah. The genius. The genius. That's going to work? Yeah, I think so. I like the idea that of a genius who can kick some ass. You know, like I think that's the... Well, Mike, Michael Chamberlain and I did a like a comedy show years ago uh, for Melbourne Comedy Festival and it was like a show about wrestling. Yeah. And we invited a bunch of local wrestlers to come down and see the show. And afterwards, one of the guys was talking to me and he said, oh, look, I really enjoyed the show and I'm actually looking for a valet if you want to, you know, lead me to the ring. Oh. And I was like, oh, what's your... Um, What's your gimmick? And, yeah. his, and it was something like the, he was the academic or the professor or something because he was this tall kind of lanky guy who wore glasses so he yeah. looked like a bit of a nerd. But, um, and I said, okay, so what would I be? And he said, well, you could be my valet. And he said, I thought you could come out like a, like a professor or a teacher, like you have a bunch of books yeah. and you lead me to the ring. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And I said, what's your finishing move? And he said, well, it was, I think it was called the Encyclopedia, which was essentially the same as the Ghetto Blaster. Remember yeah. Bad, uh, Bad News Brown had the Ghetto Blaster? Yeah. Where would, it's just a double kick. But I was like, I think that could be pretty fucking awesome because I could get to soak in all the fun of being like, you know, at the wrestling but not actually having to get hurt or thrown around a ring. Oh, totally. The valet would be like the best job. And But also, I imagine there'd be opportunities for you while like the professor was wrestling that like, you know, while the ref was looking in the other direction. I throw you, a book in. Yeah, you could like, yeah, like bash him with it, like bash his opponent with like, you know, an encyclopedia. Yeah. I think that'd be the sort of thing that you were doing. Use your mortar hat and yeah. throw it in his eye like a ninja star. But to get the crowd off side yeah. before we start the actual wrestling match I'd have to get into the ring and tell them all that they were imbeciles yeah. and then read like you know some prose or yeah. something like that and they'll yeah. be like boo you think you're smarter than us as you're better yeah as one of the elite the educated I've come here yeah yeah. That's you know right. one of the best ones for and those. you'd also be able to do those great speeches like tonight he will give his opponent an education in the ring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the- he'll get a degree third degree burns <laughs> The best one of those was um, uh, Kurt. Was it Kurt Hennig who was uh, Mr. Perfect? Uh, is that Kurt Hennig? I remember Mr. Perfect. I yeah, well, Mr. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. But and I mean, they just took the genius gimmick there and just ramped up and said, "Okay, you're just Mr. You're perfect." perfect. <laughs> yeah. But see, genius implies that you'd be like, because there's that American tradition of you know you're still a bit nerdy and you know there's yeah. like jocks versus nerds. Yeah. Whereas Perfect, like I mean, you know, it's I reckon Perfect's too much, Mr. Perfect, because because like you don't want to be perfect. You want to have flaws, you know, or but if you're your a flaw heel, is that you're, if you're, if you're, you're a perfection. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, that, that's because he was setting yeah. himself up as the ultimate male. Yeah. And he would do his, like, when he would do his mic work and he'd always finish with, like, yeah. and that's why I'm absolutely perfect. <laughs> and I remember I used to get wrestling mags and they did, like, a photo shoot at home with Mr. Perfect. And it was him, like, standing... <laughs> It was him standing over his stove and he'd made like a stack of perfect waffles, you know, and then it was him in his driveway and he was throwing a basketball backwards over his head and it was going through the, like going through the hoop. Everything you do is absolutely perfect. I think that's good. I'd, I'd like to be Mr. Perfect. That's a, that's a good, that's a good villain to play. Well, that, that maybe when, you know, if you ever are applying for a job or a grant or something like that, and they ask you who do you to yeah, who do you aspire to, you know, <laughs> Mister perfect. perfect. I mean, he was perfect in every way, and that's my attitude to my work. I just want to get everything perfect in every way. He died. Uh, he died from a heart attack. I think he was one of those notorious early, yeah. not very suspicious heart attack yeah. that took a wrestler in his forties. And it's all steroids, right? Yeah. Well, well I mean, we assume. Assume. Yeah. The thing that's unspoken is that these guys all have heart attacks in hotel rooms by themselves when they're about 40. Yeah. And, and is that symptomatic of steroid abuse? I think so, yeah. Because you're putting your body under that much strain. Yeah. It would have to be that and what they the actually wrestling. do for a living. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you're chocking yourself full of drugs to perform every night and like smash the shit out of yourself. And I mean, of course, everyone knows that it's choreographed and stuff, but they're still amazing athletes they're and just, they're just, hurting themselves a lot. They're stuntmen is what they yeah. are. That's, yeah, that's exactly what they are. Yeah. And you know... Stuntmen who, like, it's basically they just took a bunch of stuntmen and they filled them with steroids and they made them hit each other with chairs. <laughs> and they went, that's entertainment. That's pretty entertaining. <laughs> it's, a, it's a winning combination. Do you think at any time as a kid you ever thought it was real? Uh, no. I don't think I ever thought it was real. But I've always been a believer in that a lot of it is real. Like, you know, because I watch it and you like... You watch guys go off, you know, ladders or roofs or whatever. Like, they're falling. Yeah. Like, it's not Avatar. You know, I don't think it's all done in a studio afterwards. Like, you would see guys, you know, get really, really hurt. And maybe over the years, I have believed they're more hurt 
than they are. Seemingly, though, I would think that I've seen more horrific injuries happen on the football field than in wrestling, considering what they're doing. Like, I've seen more knees twisted backwards, arms snapped in half, you know, bones poking through skin from watching Aussie rules than I have from watching wrestling. Yeah, well, Aussie rules, like, you break, I think, more than any other game, though, because it's a 360-degree game, and, like, people can, people can come at you from every direction. You're unprotected. It's not like, you know, rugby or American football or whatever, where they are tough games, but you know where the person coming at you is coming from and normally you get to look at them. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess the only equivalent is like in, you know, uh, when a quarterback, you know, throws to a receiver in, you know, in American football, they can get sacked, you know, pretty hard while yeah, they're concentrating they're... on the ball. But they're still at least all kind of vaguely know where it's coming from. Yeah, coming from the same In the direction. AFL, you can just go up and blokes can just 360. Or you have to turn through. I mean... They can people just, you can get run down from behind. People just fucking snap in half. Like, it is literally one of those games where just a guy's running along and he tries to change direction. And you go, oh, wow. I don't think your bone's meant to be on the outside of your skin. Uh, the worst one was Nathan Brown when he broke his leg. Yeah. That, was that the most horrifying thing you've ever seen? I think that's the worst one I ever saw. <sighs> yeah. I can't actually watch that again. I saw it happen live. It Although like, I still think one of the most painful things I ever saw was the uh, the Sydney player who dislocated his kneecap. Uh, Darren Creswell. And was on the ground. Slapping it just back in. Just bashing it back in with his fist, trying to get up and fly again. Are you one of those people when you see sports injuries, you, do you rewind? Or are you like, nah, I don't need to see that again? Oh, no, no, I quite like it. I hate it. Ugh. I can't watch it. It makes me so squeamish. I, like, I mean, I, you know, we've spoken on the show before about I don't like to see people vomit. Mm. And it, it can be cartoon people. Like, you know, in a lot of cartoons, like Family Guy and stuff like that, like, there's a lot of fake vomiting. And I have an instinctive... Gag. Gag reflex when I see fake vomiting. Um, or real vomiting. Or vomiting of any kind. Even me saying the word vomiting now, he's making me feel a bit bad. Uh, but no, I, I'm happy to see someone's, you know, leg break or something like that. I don't know. Something about I mean, I'm not that. happy for them, but I'm, I don't, I don't you, mind You're fascinated that. in a yeah. scientific kind of way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just it freaks me out a bit. I found a skull in what? my mum's place. <laughs> I was around down seeing my mum. This is a, I'd completely forgotten This is a court case? Or? I don't know if... Um, a house what of skulls? The, what this stand... A basement, basement, basement full of skulls. It's, uh, it was my father's. My father was a dentist. And I believe that he had it or he stole it from... Because when you're studying kind of... The, like dentists have to study physiology, anatomy, anatomy I guess. Like okay. doctors in a way. Yeah, of course. So this was like a dissected skull. So like you could lift the top part of the cranium off and stuff but you could move the jaw and look at the teeth I'm, I'm assuming that's what it was for like when he was at university maybe it was like a real life skull or something but is it illegal to have like are you allowed to have bones of people well I believe it, if it's a medical thing you probably are but there must be some kind of like I don't I, I mean my dad's written, written his name on it yeah <laughs> so well, I'm assuming it belongs to him finders keepers yeah. losers weepers he so, got his mum to sew so if he had name tag so if, he, if he had but if he had stolen it yeah. then you know he was probably pretty stupid to scroll his name and address on the back of the yeah. skull, which does. It says his name and his old address yeah. on the back. Yeah, that's, but that's actually what your own skull says. Your, <laughs> your skull inside your body has your name and address. If lost, return to. Um, no, I don't think that'd be illegal. That'd be fine, I think. Yeah, right. I, just, I was playing with it. I was doing, you know, because obviously you get a skull set up no, in the puppet. Thing. Talky things. Yeah. yeah. But when you look With at- some human being's real head. <laughs> yeah, it's a real head. <laughs> Dishonoring somebody's life. Isn't that what we all dream? That one day when I die, you will grab my old skull and do wacky voices <laughs> yeah. and make my head talk. Uh, do you want to donate your body to science? No, yeah. to puppetry. Yeah. <laughs> to amusement. Yeah. I would just like the people to use my funny bone for funny purposes. That's what I enjoy. But then you look at the skull and it is amazing how fragile that thing is. Like there's little holes in your skull, which are your ear holes. And they're literally just holes in your head that lead to your brain. And I look at this skull and go, it's amazing that we, like we aren't more, we aren't more fragile. I mean, I think the human body is pretty robust, like considering what we do and we do it voluntarily, like people, you know, play sports, they do extreme sports, what people put their bodies through. It's a pretty amazing thing. Uh, you know what? It is. It, it, like it's a rough, tough, you know, like I think we always give credit to gorillas and lions as being like dominant animals, but we're actually not bad ourselves. Like when you look at... You know, when you just see how kind of fragile we are, yeah. we managed to dominate this planet. Fucking humans. Yeah. High five, humans. And we um, created apps. Yes. So take that, gorillas. <laughs> no apps for you guys. So two for two. We dominate the planet and we've got apps. Uh, yeah, it is one of those things, though, like where, I mean, because 
physically as you get older the thing that i've really noticed is like you know that my body can like really starts to let me down and you also get you have to start to feel the limitations of the human body because i think there's a part of your life where you kind of like you know you feel physically like i can do anything and you know i could work towards anything and then you get to start to get a bit older and you're like fuck my body's letting me down mm. like this is shitty this is bad design yeah yeah like you know why is shit breaking yeah there should be a warranty <laughs> I mean make the shit to last long enough until I die well just say you did have like a a warranty yeah you've got two you can you can replenish your parts twice in your lifetime okay but you're only twice only so you can choose you can either hang on to your and never use them just say you're very blessed and never have need any major surgery um would you would you, you do one replacement now? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd spend both of mine reasonably early. You reckon? Yeah. When I'm at my peak, I'd use them as fixer-uppers rather than, you know, I'll wait until I'm old and do yeah, wholesale right. changes. Yeah. You reckon? I'd find a peak level and then tweak, have a, have a few good years and let it all fall to shit. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'd like. <laughs> You'd have a short but memorable career. Yeah, totally. I guess, yeah... I, I'm probably more conservative. I'd hang on to mine. Like, even if I started, like, getting really ill and my body really started to break down, I'm, I'd be so paranoid that something really bad was about to happen. I'd probably hang on to it. No, no, no. Just a... Yeah, yeah, so... I've, uh, it's just an amputation. It's all right. I've still got one I'll leg. I'll be fine. All right. Okay, I'll missing both legs. Well, you know, I've still got my... Oh, missing both my arms. All right, maybe <laughs> might be time to cash in that warranty. Whereas I've cashed in mine for a broken nail. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, seriously. Chipped a tooth. <laughs> You know you can get that done by a dentist. No, I'm using my replacement thing right now. Uh, my nose, I would get my nose fixed. That that would be the first thing I get fixed. I hate my nose. Um, I got broken twice when I was you hate your nose younger, and I hate my nose. Why? What did it look like before that? Less wonky. It's wonky. Is it really? Yeah. Like on the bridge. Yeah. It's I wonky and bulky. It. Yeah. Okay. I notice it all the time. Like it's, yeah, it's the thing that I'm the, like the most. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with my nose? So big and gross and wonky and <laughs> but it would have been that size regardless. It just would have been straighter. Yeah, but also my sinuses are all fucked up. Uh, so you got physiological issues. Yeah, there's like I don't know what's going on, but like if I try to snort anything up my nose, it goes into my eye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not a fun experience. <laughs> it's rerouted your sinuses. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on, but that yeah, I definitely fix that. I don't know what I'd get fixed first. Probably my my little hands. I get them replaced for like Stewie Lowe's hands. <laughs> just for once, I'd like to have big, enormous hands that could hold 24 eggs. <laughs> you just come into a podcast holding two dozen eggs. Yeah. I'm like, have you got Stewie Lowe's hands? People don't know who Stewie Lowe is. Just Google Stewie Lowe and eggs. There'll be about 15 photos from the Herald Sun because every week, because he was the guy who had the giantest hands in the AFL and every week there would just be photos of him holding eggs. I don't know why eggs was, became the unit of measurement by which you measure like enormous hands. Why was it eggs and not like golf balls? Oh, because hailstones are golf balls. Yeah. Can't, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> hailstones are the common measure for, uh, yeah, golf balls are common measure for hailstones. Uh, and eggs for hands. Hand width. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, how big are guys' hands? Let's see how many eggs. We should measure your hands. We you should get eggs some here? eggs. No. I haven't got any here, but next time we'll get some eggs. I'm looking at my hands. I'd estimate I could hold like maybe 10. 10. I reckon. Yeah, okay. I reckon, I reckon you could hold 10. Okay. I reckon you could hold 12. Let's put it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Guess how many eggs... Charlie's, hands, Charlie's can hands can hold and we'll take a photo and we'll first person who nails it first person who gets the correct amount of eggs it's like guessing the jellies in the jar yeah. yeah jelly beans in the jar and you're allowed to stack them on top of each other or do they have well, to be side I, by I'm side I'm going to say we need, to, we need some rules for this no because I, I think from memory Stewie would there'd be a few stacked yeah I, I guess it's what you can actually move around like you can't have you can't have them you know sort of just prepare it here's, here's what I would say you can stack them as much as you want but you're not allowed to have someone else stack them for you. So it's as okay. many eggs as you, as you, you can cannot. put in your own hands. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So you can't put your hands out and I can put them on the top. You literally have to put them in a way or pick them up in a way that you can uh, Do you think there's hold rules for holding eggs in your hand? Let's Google it. So I looked up Stewie Lowe, 
And uh, we couldn't find any rules on what the official sort of measurement of hands are. We might, might have to contact the uh, Guinness World Records people. Yeah, like, right. they're, they're more your officials in this situation. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, two dozen, we were right, two dozen eggs, yeah. he cradled his hands and it got him the nickname Buckets. Yes. Uh, which uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't things. know. I don't know that it get, did get in the name buckets. I think he had it before that. Right. I think he was always buckets because he had like uh, the because he just loved drinking buckets of cum. <laughs> 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 Mr. Cum buckets, not to be confused yeah. with Peter North. He was originally called Mr. Cum buckets, and everyone at the club's like, "I'm not sure that we can keep this nickname." Everyone's <laughs> asking why you call buckets, and he goes, "Well, it's because I drink buckets of cum before the game. It's uh, it's Stewie. my secret formula." <laughs> Every game, How do you think my hands got so big? <laughs> buckets of cum. I discovered early on that if I had a bucket of cum before every game, I would be one of the greatest players of all time. It's funny that you should say that because yeah. when you typed Stuart Lowe into Google, the first thing that came up was Stuart Lowe gay. Yeah. So maybe the buckets, the buckets of cum. If you found out, right, okay, so if you found out that that was true, that it turns out if you drank from a bucket of cum before a game, you would like get a 20% increase in performance. And well, it you'd was, play like Stuart Lowe, so you'd, yeah. mark, you'd mark everything in sight. Your kicking would be a bit suspect. Yeah. But, uh, but you'd be one of the greats of the game, yeah. right? So they did, they discover that this was Stuart Lowe's secret thing, that he drank a bucket of cum before every single game, right? And that's why he was so good. Buckets. Right? And it's legal because it's, an, it's a normal human thing. It's not like taking, you know, a performance enhancer, but it literally enhances your performance. Yeah. Like, so, would you then... Drink a bucket of cum. Drink a bucket of cum. Like, would you... So down it, at the club... It lasts for one day. Yeah, so every game you have to drink a bucket of cum. No. Before the game, no to way. play 20% better. There's no way I could drink a bucket. There's no way I could drink a bucket of anything, let alone semen. It's a small bucket. Okay, so it's like a, the one, like a, the, say... It's uh, like a big gulp. It's like a champagne bucket. Or is it? No, a big Not, gulp. Yeah, it's like a big gulp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Big gulp of cum. Yeah. Like one of those sports bottles that they can run I add out. Flavor? One of those sports bottles that they run out to the players <laughs> full of cum. Can I add flavour to it? And you can do that thing the players do where they put some in their mouth and then squirt it all over yeah. the bucket. <laughs> Charlie lining up for the uh, <laughs> Melbourne Bukakis. Um Okay, so they discovered that you have to drink like a Gatorade, a protein shake. Okay, protein shake. It's a protein shake, yep. essentially. Just put a little shaker. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to knock that down and 20% increase in performance before the game. Well, would would players do it? Would probably taste better than the protein shake I actually yep. do drink in the morning. So, yeah, why not? Mark and L be less less aftertaste. Do you think that the AFL players would do it? Like if they discovered that and that yeah, was like man, they're competitive. Yeah. Any, any they'd do advantage. it, wouldn't they? Yeah, fucking yeah. oath, man. Those guys are constantly trying to find an edge on each yeah. other. Like maybe they'd be able to justify that like in the same way that men who go to jail can justify having sex with another man. It's like, well hey, you yeah. know, you fucking do what you do. It's prison rules. Survive, yeah. Things mate, change. I'm, mate, I'm drinking it out of a... I'm not gay. Just I'm drinking you drink it out a bucket of cum. Yeah, but mate, I'm you're drinking, drinking it directly from the dude's dick. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> We're that's completely cons- different. No, you're, no, I'm just trying to improve my performance. You're just looking straight from the tap, mate. <laughs> you're like I don't fresh. Know, this bottled shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an extra step if they had to drink it directly from... Like, they had to get a group of guys yeah. in Bukaki style. <laughs> Before the games, let's just cross down to the St Kilda dressing. Let's not <laughs> cross down to Michael Roberts, who's wearing a raincoat. You must be out in the boundary. No, no. <laughs> I'm in the change rooms. <laughs> oh shit! Cut to uh, commercial. We all know that St Kilda are having a great season. But <laughs> uh, um, speaking of uh, guys at the gym who uh, are on, can I just say too? I love that you just tell us how even discussions of vomit make you want to vomit. But drinking cum, no problem. <laughs> That's fine. That's a weird thing. Like I, I, I literally, like it, it's just vomit. It's vomit specific. Wow. And I just have a horrible reaction to it. Like if somebody drank a bucket of cum, then vomited, I would have a problem with that. But not the drinking the bucket of cum. I'd be fine with that. That's oh, so strange. I know it's strange. <laughs> Sorry, what are you going to say? Um, uh, speaking of people who look weird and you know are full of, <laughs> you know, full of drugs, and uh, at the gym. Uh, as we were with the wrestlers, not with Stewie Lowe. I should point that out because thank you. I, I didn't I'd, know I'd hate, I'd hate if Stewie Lowe listened to this podcast and the thing he got upset with was me suggesting he was on drugs. Not that I suggested that he drank a bucket of cum before every game, and that's how he got his nickname Buckets. You wouldn't want a bitch slap from Stewie Lowe. Imagine one of those fucking hands coming down on you. Oh, that's a fucking good point. It'd be like that uh, Foo Fighters music video where Dave Grohl's hand gets oh, really yeah. big. It starts slapping people. 
And before he came to slap me, he'd drink a bucket of cum just so he was really slapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I was at the gym uh, in LA recently, and you know I always like to update you with the you know the celebrities that I've seen at that gym. Um, I saw Ethan Hawke was was at the gym, which oh, was yeah. quite an unusual person to see at the gym. And he was like belting it out on the, like he was yeah, running. What kind of conditions he in? Pretty good nick, actually. Yeah, right. Or maybe he's like training for some for action film, movie yeah. or something. But he looked, he looked pretty good, except his teeth are really bad. Right. Like his teeth. And that's unusual in LA because it yeah. feels like everyone has got veneers in that city. He's, he looks like, he's just got, he's got British teeth. Yeah, right. Like he's got this tiny little mouth full of gaps and you don't know really <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but, Smoker, probably. Yeah, I, that, I think that's probably what it is. But then I saw a guy working out at the gym. And when I first saw him, he, had, he was like wearing a hoodie and like sort of a, a hat. But he was massive. He caught my attention. Yeah, he had a swagger yeah. about him. And then I've looked over and I've copped the face. And then I had to look away because I thought if I stare at this guy too long, he's going to come over and punch the shit out of me. Mickey Rourke. Wow. Yeah. Mickey Rourke working out at the gym. And, and he's he, massive. He's massive. Yeah, like, he's big. He's like, I don't think he's in the... Like, he, he's like a fat fit. Yeah, right. Like, he's one of those guys who looks... Stewie Jew. Yeah. Like, he looks really fit, but he also looks like he could just die Yeah, at any stage. You know, yeah. he's got that sort of... Face. And his face is all face melted is and... Yeah, well, so what's it like in the flesh, that face? Oh, it's it's something. Mm. Like, it, it was... I really wanted to go and talk to him because it just... It's kind of weird... Because I saw him being interviewed. It's like someone on, melted the Hulk. I saw him interviewed on uh, the Actors Studio, and this is recently, like couple, last couple of years. And they're talking about the change in his face from when he was like, because when he was young, he was a handsome young dude. Yeah. Um, and then you see him now, and it's like not only that, but he looks like he just hulked up. Like if you see yeah. what he looked like when he started his career and what he looks like now, it's bizarre. But they were saying because he quit acting and got into boxing. Yeah. He used to box before he got into acting, and he had a couple of fights and. I think broke his nose and cut his eye and all that kind of stuff. So he says that's what happens. His face got mangled and then, you know, that's just the reconstruction. But it's more than that, right? Like he's done some of that himself for vanity's sake, right? Yeah, I feel like he's done some of it himself. <laughs> to be honest, it looks like some of it might be a home job. Yeah, right. That he's like the, ma- he's the master steward of, uh, you know, Botox and facial reassignment Staples surgery. Staples around his yeah. cheek. Give it a crack. Something's tied up with some pipe cleaner. His chin's held, had him holding. He's just lacking his forehead. <laughs> so that'll do. Yeah, he looked um, intimidating. Yeah, but um, but well, it's kind of bizarre though. How did he get that fucking big? He must have been big to start with. Yeah, he's massive and he's quite tall. Quite tall, that's what like, I mean. But he doesn't look it in his films. Like he looks kind of almost Weasley in yeah. his early films. Yeah, but he's massive. Like you could, if you had... He someone, does look like if someone. someone was in a coma, went into yeah. a coma in 1985 and they only just came out and you showed them a photo of Mickey Rourke now yeah. and said, which star from your era is this? There's no way they'd guess it was Mickey Rourke. It's, but it is literally like one of those things from a comic book. It looks like, you know, when there's always like, you know, some drug... I think it was like one of the, the running storylines in Daredevil for a while was like, you know, the, the drug hit the streets that was like the superpower, you know, that made everyone into the mutants and people were using it just to kind of... You know, and they all were drawn like that. Yeah. They all, like, yeah, just normal just people mass, who just went, a massive muscle with no recognizable yeah. facial features. And that's what he looks like. Yeah. He looks like he took some street level, you know, superhero drugs <laughs> and he turned into Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I read a good review of a film he was in by <laughs> Roger Ebert, who said that Mickey Rourke has, like, he's, as a performer, he's morphed into this thing now where just his sheer presence in a film, like, is the character like he's he's such a kind of like hulking strange like intimidating mess that as soon as you cast him in a role like you kind of get it you know what I mean it's interesting he's had two really distinct careers from like leading man pretty boy to now like almost just like fucking monster movie monster (laughs) you think about him in Sin City like he's so and he's great obviously but he just is uh, and he seems crazy too oh I mean, even at the gym, he just had that... Like, Gary Busey looks at him and goes, dude, yeah, <laughs> you need to Seriously. see get some therapy. Let's go around to uh, Michael Madsen's house and we'll work some shit yeah, out. Shit. Something about those guys. <laughs> but it is also one of those... I, I, I enjoyed at the Oscars. You know Sly is 70 years old. What? Sly. Sylvester Stallone is 70 years old. Mm. He's kidding me? Maybe not 70. But he's late 66. 66. Oh, 66? 66 on July 6th. Okay. This year. So he's like three years younger than my dad. 
My dad could not make the Expendables, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's I don't amazing. think if in the next Expendables they were like Sylvester Stallone and Graham Anderson Dairy Farmer. <laughs> what a world we live in where grandparents have six packs and muscles and fucking look shredded. Like, what, what, what have we become? I mean, 16 year olds have six packs and 66 year olds have six packs. Yeah. What's going on? There's too many six packs. Yeah, but not in our generation. <laughs> like, teenagers with six packs is insane to me. Like, you see, or all over the internet, or just down at the beach or whatever, and these kids who are 14 and 15 have, like, gym bodies. Rip. Not skinny kid fit bodies, but, like, I've been to the gym, I look like Ryan Reynolds, but yeah. as a teenager, yeah. bodies. It's so weird. Where did see, they come from? You see their faces, though, and the yeah. faces are still baby-like. Yeah. But the bodies are like, they look like shrunken men. They're like shrinky-dinks. Yeah. <laughs> Human shrinky-dinks. Human shrinky-dinks. But they're all ripped and shit. I'm yeah. like, where did that come from? I wonder if any of them are doing steroids. Oh, there's got to be kids. You know, if they're going to the gym all the time and stuff like that, they've got to be. Yeah, especially if they're athletes, I guess. You can't go to the gym without people offering you... I mean... I know a dude who was selling steroids. Yeah. And he said that that was by far and away the most popular drug that he moved. And he was selling other kinds of drugs as well. But he was selling steroids and said that, you know... I used to go to the gym in the old days with this um, trainer, and this was like years ago. But... He was so popular because, um, like, blokes, I'd be training with him. And he was a good bloke and everything. But guys would always come up and go, hey, you got time for coffee this afternoon? Maybe we'll do coffee at two. And I'm like, fuck, you're popular. Everyone was... He goes, oh, no, I sell steroids. Wow. And that was their code. And so he would go and inject them and blah, blah, blah. Wow. And just, it was like a... And these were just... These weren't athletes. Mm. These weren't, like... These were guys who were tradies who were going to Bali and trying to get fit before they went to Bali. Right. And they'd be going in the gym and doing roids. So weird. (laughs) I mean, the thing about it that, that kind of blows my mind too is that it doesn't actually give you the motivation to exercise. No. Like, I would take steroids if it gave me the motivation. You've still got to want to go, you know, fucking get up, get changed, go to the gym. Plus, you've got weights. to get a needle as well. Yeah. That's going to put me off more. <laughs> I've got to go to the gym and I've got to get a needle. This is bullshit. I had a guy explain. And my penis that. will get smaller. I mean, this is some, feel free to correct me if anyone out there has actually done steroids. But the way a guy explained it to me is that it's just all about your recovery. Yeah. Like you lift and you lift and you lift and you just don't fatigue. And so you just you can rip that muscle even harder and faster. And it's just like, yeah, but you still actually have to lift that really heavy thing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do more. Yeah. That's the whole point of them. You take the injection and the next day you go and lift more. At least the normal human body says, you lift heaps yesterday, hurt today, go back on Wednesday. That's what the human body says. Tim Tams and couch for you. Yeah. The human body sends you a message that said, hey, you know yesterday when you lifted stuff? That's why your back hurts today. You know today when you did fuck all? We're fine with you. Yeah, it's a good point. It's your body sending you a message. But but yeah, it's all about recovery is my understanding. That's the thing they always say about the Olympics and stuff is it's not that steroids make someone run faster. It's that they are able to spend more time in the gym or you know, less time, you know, downtime or whatever. Yeah. But there is part of me that even with the Olympics and stuff, I wonder if we shouldn't just... Maybe we should have two Olympics. Like maybe we should just... I mean, you know how at the moment they have the, you know, they have the Paralympics mm. and they have, um, you know, the the regular olympics maybe they should have three three tiers so you know you've got the special olympics that's fine great fantastic you know people who you know physically or mentally you know are doing the best with the yeah the capability that's they've been given that makes Mm. complete sense to me have an event for that then you have the regular olympics which is people who've been kind of just you know genetically blessed with good health and whatever and they've made the best of that they can compete and then to stop them having to compete with drug cheats and stuff like that they then should have the do whatever the fuck you want Olympics. Yeah. Which is the, yeah. So you can either be, I'll go in the clean athlete Olympics and try to do the best. Or if you're willing to fucking just shoot shit into your body and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see those Olympics. I'd take that idea one step further. I would say that we turn the Paralympics, the regular Olympics and the drug Olympics into three conferences. Mm. And then the best athlete from all of them (laughs) represents, represents them. And you do all different events. But, Because para- I was about to say, doesn't that just mean a guy on steroids will kick the ass of a guy in a wheelchair <laughs> no. every four years? No, no, no. Because what you do is you nominate certain sports from your conference. Okay. So the Sarah guy has to do wheelchair basketball, oh, for instance. Yeah. So you can choose, you can choose like, just say you choose four events from each conference. Right. So you can pick the ones that you'd be best at, but you have to complete the, you have to complete the event in the way of that conference. So if it's uh, the Paralympics and, you know, it's basketball, then you have to do it in a wheelchair. Yeah. Well, how does that work then, say, if the regular Olympics person chooses the high jump? That's fine. 
I mean, there's there's got to be stuff. There's, I guess you just what? Have but to, is does the person in the wheelchair have to go up a ramp? Well, over the. Well, I mean, that would be great to see. I need to but, give me give me some more Paralympi, Paralympian Olympian events that are specific to. Well, I think like, it, not that aren't just okay. like track and field. Well, so. I would have thought that if you were going to go to the Paralympics, if you were going to choose things that are Paralympic, you would concentrate on having a wheelchair athlete because. They're going to be much more adept. Yeah, at least they will. Two. You'd think they'd win those yeah. four events. Yeah, like that are all wheelchair based. So you well, do. Well, maybe like you a, don't choose one champion. Maybe you choose four champions from four different events. Oh, okay. So that way, you know, you got your wheelchair expert. Okay. Then you've got your. Um, I mean, they must do. I don't know about Paralymp- Paralympic events. Do they do blind like st- events for the blind where they're. Yep. Like you know, in the cricket, yep. for the blind they put a bell on the ball. Yep, definitely. So. Then someone from the... That's great, because the other ones have, have to be, to be blind blindfolded yeah. and spun around in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I don't know if it's spun around in a circle. It's not between the tail and the donkey. It's the Olympics, world. please. Don't sully this noble event in which we pit the world's biggest drug abusers. It is a good idea, though. It is a good idea. Because you could then be interested in each of... It would make more people interested in the Paralympics mm-hmm. because more people would be... Yeah, we want to see the qualification for the champion who's going to come yeah. and it's like know, get our people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then it'd get, uh, you know, people would be interested in the regular Olympics. You'd definitely be interested in the drug Olympics because, like, you know, people watch. and people with just, like, third legs and yeah. eyes popping out of their head. And It'd be great to see. And imagine, like, the fucking... Imagine the, the potential for heroes to be born in an instant when a guy from the Paralympics beats a drug athlete at his own sport. I mean, the potential for fucking, like, you know, sh- heroes is, is enormous. I mean, and just even the idea of, like, a Kurt Fernley, you know, who's the Australian wheelchair, you know, Mar- the guy who's won, like, all the marathon, one of the greatest, you know, like, just one of the greatest athletes of all time, whether it be, you know, he's the guy who, because uh, he can't walk, obviously, he's in a wheelchair, um, he, he did the Kokoda Trail. One of the hardest, like, you, grown footballers do that as a pre-season thing and end up crying. crying and, like, you know, saying it was the most... He dragged himself through the mud, like, literally was swallowing mud and dragging... Like, one of the toughest, toughest dudes mm-hmm. you have ever, like, heard of in your life. Him taking down some drugged-up freak in a marathon would just be brilliant. I would love it. One of the toughest guys with one of the softest names. Yeah. Kirk Fernley. Yeah, Kirk Fernley. It's like... <laughs> Sounds like an interior decorator. Yeah. <laughs> Who did the lounge room, Kirk Fernley? <laughs> That's an original Kirk Fernley. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to this uh, new women's only gym. What's it called? Oh, Kirk Fernley. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any relation to Duncan? Duncan Fernley? Do you remember that cricket bat, Duncan Fernley? Oh. The DF? I Look... Back when... Because there's only two bats you could really choose. Grey Nichols. Or Duncan Fernley. Yeah, right. I had a Grey Nichols. So. Yeah. yeah, I started with Duncan Fernley and then went to a Grey Nichols. I had a Grey Nichols scoop. I did. Remember the scoop? I had a twin scoop. <laughs> yeah, that was... Science. <laughs> it was very much in the vein of the Australia 2. If we just put a keel on this bat... But the philosophy behind it's hilarious. Like, more surface area, less weight. Why <laughs> not just give the kid a fucking plank of wood? The scoop and the double scoop. I also had um, a friend of mine had a. Uh, oh, was it? Was it Puma brought out the Bradman? Uh, Slasinger. Slasinger. Uh, Puma. I don't know. It was yeah. a big cat. I remember it. Yeah, and then um, uh, Richie Richardson had his signature bat as well. Yeah, which were no, that was kind of. Fuck man, cricket bats. Remember when you used to fetishize as a kid like things like cricket bats? Oh, I, I mean, I would, still do. I would spend hours, like you know, like oiling my cricket bat. <laughs> Mum's knocking on the door. What are you doing in there? <laughs> just oiling my bat, mum. Oiling this bat. Shining my ball. Yeah. No, but you would. Because you'd, you'd have to, like, literally, yeah. like, oil the bat and kind oil of let it soak in. And, like, you know. And I would sit on the couch and make sure my bat was, like... I mean, that bat was in such good condition. Were you more of a It was just a, a pity that I could not hit the cricket ball. That's why I was in such good nick. It had never hit a cricket ball. <laughs> Did you have to knock it in? Did you have... Uh... Yeah. Did you have the cricket ball on a stick? You know, the one no. You knocked, no. Uh, we had it. Uh, we had the cricket ball on the um, clothesline in the stocking. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, on the old-fashioned hills hoist, and you put in the stocking, and you just go out the back, and you just whack, hit the cricket ball. Whack, 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 whack. Imagine being a parent with a kid who was knocking his bat in. We had cricket nets at our house, though. Oh, really? Yeah, because my dad was a, like a really, really good cricketer, and um, my brother was actually a really, really good cricketer as well. And so you just I was just shit out. family. <laughs> you were dishonoured our name. I was funny in the rooms. 
That's what I was. Funny in the rooms. And um could pick the boys up after crushing loss. Yeah, that's right. Always good with the always good with the joke in the outfield, you know, keep the game going. Uh no, I was a rubbish cricketer. I enjoyed it, but I, I was rubbish at it. And um uh, uh so yeah, but we had cricket nets at home, so dad built them. Mm. And so it, they were proper nets, like you know, like a good pitch that he'd, you know, put in, like, you know, proper stumps, like proper nets. So you could really so Ross and I would like spend I mean hours out the back, you know, just bowling to each other in the nets and stuff. It was unreal. I used yeah. to, I really used to enjoy it. I used to like cricket heaps more than I liked football. I was like way, way into cricket. In fact, like I was a cricketer and was actually okay at it. But I don't know, something happened where I just lost the passion for it. I, now I couldn't think of anything worse than watching a game of cricket. It just bores me. Yeah. But it's weird. I used to love it. Like if you'd come into my room as a kid, I had like Alan Border posters on the wall and was way, way, way into it. I think my attention span got less as I got older. And, I just, and, I, and you know it's been so long that I've been out of the game that I, it's now scary and weird there seems to be games happening all the time like 20 over games and 50 over games and test matches and I don't know who these players are and it's all weird and scary and I feel like, <laughs> everything's confusing yeah, it is. I'm tired and lonely yeah, and cold I do I feel like fucking Grandpa Simpson yeah. I don't like the looks of those teenagers over there uh, I think there is one too many games of cricket at the moment. So basically, they used to have like the test match cricket for, yeah. you know, anyone who does, who listens to this podcast who's from a country <laughs> that doesn't understand cricket. It's a five day game where there may not be a result. <laughs> so that's, but that's part of the joy. Cricket, yeah. cricket, cricket is best described as physical chess. It is very much a mind game that is played in a physical way. So if you think of it like that, you can really enjoy, you know, you know, five day cricket. It's less like a you know, game of football or whatever, which is much more about you know, being in the moment and the physicality Baseball's and stuff like that. Baseball is fairly similar yeah. in the sense that it goes for... I mean, it doesn't go for five days, but yeah. it's a very similar thing. I mean, and it's, it's a lot of it's in your head, like baseball. Like, if I've learned anything from American baseball movies, that, you know, that a lot of it can just be your psyche or whatever. And I think cricket's a lot like that because it's always about what's the next ball going to be? Is this the moment that I have to seize? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Because yeah, yeah. you know? part of it's about playing defensively and then part of it's about yeah. attacking. And, and you can be the greatest batsman in the world, for example. And if you, you know, get a good ball, first ball, you're out. Like, yeah. you know, whereas if you're a footballer, you miss your first one, you just go and get the second one. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so it is a kind of a more high stakes game. And I, you know, I very much enjoyed that about it. Um, then they had one day cricket, which was 50 over a side cricket, you know, which was meant to more appeal to people. And now they've invented this thing called 2020 cricket, which people love. All the young people love. So no one goes to one day as anymore. Yeah, right. Because so one day is unpopular anymore. No. Right. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know how... So I think eventually they'll get rid of the one days because you don't need to go, hey, let's have a version of this game we can play for five games. Uh, five days. Let's have one we can play for one day. Let's have one we can play for half a day. What about one over cricket? Everyone gets six balls. And then we'll have one that goes for six months. Let's play a game that goes for six months. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Like, just choose a length. You know? So, And with all the in the IPL and stuff like yeah. that, does that mean there's just quick cricket on 24 hour, 24-7 now? Like, you can see cricket pretty much all through the year? It's amazing, like, the way that it's changed the game. Because in the old days with cricket, people didn't really ever... Like, you know, you played for your country. And in between that, you might play for your state or county, depending on which, you know, uh, yeah, country you're from. And there was never much... People never... Rarely went from state to state. They rarely changed from team to team. And now with this thing called the IPL, which is the Indian uh, Premier League, which is their 2020 competition, which, you know, all the players are getting paid millions of dollars to play in. And, you know... They have a, auctions. They have auctions. That's what I like about yeah, it. For they players. actually auction off players. And yeah. you can speculate on what you think that player's worth. Yeah. It's great. And it's a great way for cricketers just to really Public publicly auctions. go... Uh, yeah, I'm worth 1.5 million. You're worth 400,000. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Changes the dynamic of the locker room. So basically what's happened is they've brought in a version of the game that is heaps easier, heaps quicker, and you pay, get paid heaps more money for. So that's meant that some people have just gone, well, fuck being a five-day specialist. I'm just going to be a 2020 specialist. And so in particular, there's this guy called Chris Gale, who's from the West Indies, who's one of the most talented cricketers of all time. But he literally isn't playing for the West Indies at the moment. Because he's touring the world as a 2020 gun for hire. So he goes from the Indian competition to the Australian competition to the Bangladesh competition. And he's just like a gunslinger who comes into town, gets paid shitloads of money for whatever team he's in, bashes sixes, and then goes and changes into another T-shirt and goes to another country. So is he only contracted four games? Isn't it like he doesn't get like a year's contract with one team? Or no, because they play tournaments, you know. So like he'll just go over to the IPL and play for like, you know, but six so weeks or whatever. with the teams in the IPL, are they not derived from localities? Like how, how are people into barrack for a team if they're just... No, they are. So they'll have the, like the Bangalore, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so everyone's the... cool with like... 
a player just fucking playing a couple of games with this guy and then fucking off. Yeah. And that's the changing nature of it. Yeah, In the right. old days, it wasn't like that at all. No, it's more about honour. Yeah. It's about honour. And But the, there's a lot of mythology with cricket that it's like, you know... You know Gentleman's sport. And like they say about in Australia that the most important job in Australia is the captain of the Australian cricket team, then the Prime Minister. Like it's been one of those things for years is that the captain of the Australian cricket team is looked at as a national hero, a national leader. Is That position is debated as much as the position of Prime Minister is in our country, you know. So it's always been hung up in this mythology of you're playing for your country, you know, you're sacrificing for your team. You know, these heroic stories of guys nearly, like, you know, when Dean Jones batted, you know, I think in the Colombo Test match and, you know, made 200 and, um, you know, had to get a drip and nearly died. And, you know, now it's just like, they're paying me $100,000 to hit some sixes. I'll play for them. <laughs> and I'd just like to say goodbye to our female listeners. Yeah. Uh, it was great having you. Our overseas <laughs> listeners and our female listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing turns a girl off quicker than cricket. Um, yeah, although, like, you know, like, cricket can be, like, so, five-day cricket is, like, a, you know, that's, like, a relationship. And 2020 is, like, a quickie in a broom cupboard at a nightclub. There you go. <laughs> I'll give it a, it's a better. It's a better example. Um, uh, speaking of sport, I was uh, in America and um, uh, heard one of these... I, I listened to this um, radio station. It's, like, uh, Lakers Radio. ESPN Lakers radio so they just talk about the Lakers 24-7 and I, and I love it because it's just American sportsmen yelling at each other that's the whole show every day disagreeing about the same things but what had happened was um, in the All-Stars match Dwayne Wade who plays for Miami had uh, fouled Kobe Bryant and broken his nose uh, which you know and everyone was having this big um, you know, debate about whether yeah, you should really be fouling people in an All-Stars match or whether you're going too hard or whatever. Yeah. And now having quite a violent sort of you know, argument, like people really shouting at each other. And then someone said something that just almost made me run off the road because it was in the heat of an argument and nobody acknowledged it. You know, so it was just one of those moments where he's like shouting and everybody else just let it go. Because yeah. he said, guys, 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 I am pretty sure that Dwayne Wade did not want to come all across Kobe's face. <laughs> <laughs> and I am like, why are people not stopping and laughing at that? I'm not, I don't want to listen to a radio show where if somebody says he didn't want to come all over Kobe's face, that you don't stop and laugh at what he has just said. And it's, then you realise you've been listening to too much so far. Yeah. <laughs> Buckets of cum. I want an entire bucket of cum thrown over his face like it's Gatorade at the end of the match. That's what I want. Uh, hey, um, speaking of uh, LA, though, I have some bad news what? for you. Um, look, people who've listened to this podcast uh, a lot will know that when you were staying with me over there, there's a, um, there's a place that we used to go to a lot, a uh, little vegan place around the corner. Oh, no. Did the vegan nuggets? Best nuggets, better than meat nuggets. Better than meat nuggets, <laughs> and they—that's what they were called. Better than meat nuggets. A slogan for the times. Better yeah. than meat nuggets. Yeah, these vegan chicken nuggets, and they were the most delicious shit that I had ever tasted oh, in so my good. life. Like amazing. Yeah, and they were vegan. Nothing had to die, and they were still delicious. Yeah, probably <sighs> packed with so many preservatives and soy mm. products that will give you a heart attack. Even right? better. No, I felt, felt like I would never die. That's, I was eating these and I would never die because no I would be preserved. Yeah. No guilt and no death. That's what they promised you for only $6 a packet. Uh, it shut down. Vegan Shit. place shut down. Because you were out of town for too long because you lost your fucking passport. I, you know what? I think that's why. I was literally saying that to Justin. I was like, I reckon when the three of us were there, like... Um, that business was having a boom because we would go there all the time. Like I would go there constantly. And they've obviously just gone, oh my God, this business has finally taken <laughs> off. They've started making some investments. They've bought some real estate at the bottom of the market. Then I've gone home for a few months. They're like, what's happened? <laughs> we can't move these nuggets. We can't. Because they've got all nuggets all over their house because they ordered all these, their projections on the computer said, you're going to need so many nuggets. They bought a whole bunch of couches so they could scoop out the foam to stick in the nu- yeah. nuggets. <laughs> whole house is made of nuggets. <laughs> And I feel like I've ruined that family. That's devastating. It yeah. was so convenient too. Just around the corner. Just around the corner. I actually found out when I walked in, because like someone else just took it over, but not as the same place. So 
I've now it's a f- restaurant now. What's a f- it's a f- fusion. It's a f- what does that mean? Like, you know P H O. That's how you meant to say it. F- no. Yeah. Wouldn't that just pronounce Pope? Yeah. Well, that's what people say or foe. All right. But it's a, it's f- apparently. What the fuck are you talking about? Is this a real thing? Have you not heard of it? No. What it's is the it? biggest thing in the world. It's like um. Oh, it's an, it's Asian food. It's like P H O. Asian fusion. No, I don't. I, I thought P H O is pronounced Pope. It's not though. Is my point. It's called. F- I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> you don't believe me that it's called. F- <laughs> it is. It's called. F- right. <laughs> and what? Are you serious? Yes. Like I can't tell. It's called. F- uh, what? Uh, who? Really? Yes. So people announce it. So they say, uh, "Welcome to f- sir." <laughs> f- Would you like it's a table? F. f. It's f. 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 But you. But you were saying. F- <laughs> that is not the same as f. I know. Well, I was saying it a bit like Wolverine's claws were coming. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> no, but f. 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 Okay, f. It's f. I'll take that. Yeah. F. So it's now a f restaurant, <laughs> right? And but I didn't notice that. I just went in to go to get my nuggets, and I've walked up to the counter, and the woman's handed me a menu, and I'm like, no, no, I know what I want. And she's like, oh, no, you know, no. this is not the vegan place now. And I was oh. like, I was, li- I was literally it like, Char- yeah, Charlton Heston at the end of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So I was like, no, <laughs> you maniacs, you didn't eat enough. Yeah. Um, if I'd known, I would have just kept ordering while yeah. you were away. Just hired some guy. One of those. The, one I, of the- I felt bad that when I got back, I only went there maybe <laughs> twice a week. I felt like if I'd known that if I'd gone there every day... You should have just hired one of those Mexican day workers. You know, those guys you see raiding... Oh, down at boats. the... Just yeah. hired him to just like say, look, I'm just going to give you some cash and yeah. also some money to order some nuggets every day. Yeah, that's your job. Yeah. I'm going to give you 20 bucks see, every day. See. See. <laughs> <laughs> All I want you to do is go to this place... Every day and order nuggets. And order nuggets. And eat them. And eat them. <laughs> you come back, you're ginormous. <laughs> Does he get to stay in your apartment while he's doing that? No. Not as well. He's got his own house and family. Okay, I thought maybe he was up here trying to raise, raise money for Mia Familia. Oh, right, okay, to bring him back across the border? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mia Familia, is that what, that's what you could say, isn't it? Mia Familia. He's gone, he's gone to the States and, and like everyone back home is talking about he's like that he's doing this great work in America, <laughs> yeah. trying to get the family across the border. You know, he's finally got a job. What's he doing? Eating vegan chicken nuggets. <laughs> some, some weird Australian Some community. weird Australian guy has hired him. <laughs> be worth it, though. I'd fucking do that job. Yeah. Have you ever house sat for someone? No. Uh, you know, like even for like a few days, you're in like town or something and, you know, it's better than a hotel. And someone's like, oh, yeah, stay at my place. Oh, yeah, yeah I have actually. I am um, Adam Hills. Uh, uh, I was doing a, a season of shows in London and he's got an apartment in London and I stayed in that for two weeks. So, yeah. Do you find like you get very, uh, do, you, do you either get very comfortable where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to lie on the couch with my feet up or are you like, oh, shit, like I don't want to kind of spoil anything you treat it like a museum you don't want to move things around or uh, yeah museum yeah right yeah I definitely am like one of those people who like wipe out every surface after you put a plate yeah. down or like, like, I don't want them to know I was there yeah right everything <laughs> exactly where it was like literally to the point where if they accidentally forgot to flush before they left and there was like a turd in the toilet <laughs> I would, would just leave that there you'd measure the turd yeah <laughs> I'd put it in a Tupperware container <laughs> keep it fresh put it in the fridge <laughs> Replace it with tongs exactly how it was sitting. I had to put a um, mouse. Ugh. I had to put a mouse in the freezer the other day, and because um, oh, one of uh, the cats is had... that how you kill him? Is that like the humane way to kill him? Yeah. Ah. So I had. Um... Well, not the way you do it. <laughs> you put it in the freezer and then slam the freezer door on its head about five times. No, one of the cats. That's probably quite humane too. One of the cats had caught a mouse. Yeah. And it was obviously hurt enough that it wasn't going to make it, but it was still alive. And um, Amy and I were discussing, you know, what we should do. And I said I was willing to take it out the back and sort of, you know... Stomp on it. Yeah, I said, even though, like, yeah, as a vegetarian, I don't feel... But it was hurt. Like, yeah. there was no way it was going to, you know... And then she said, no, I don't know what we did... Because you know, she worked at a vet for a while. She said, the best thing is do, just put it in the freezer and, you know, it'll, it'll fall, fall asleep. asleep. And I thought, okay, cool. Right? So I put it in the freezer in a Tupperware container. But all that day... I was so fucking paranoid. Like, I literally did that thing. I wrote it on my hand. I put, like, you know, a string around my finger because the last thing I wanted was to forget about it and then come home, like, you know, late from some gig one night, you know, feeling a bit peckish, looking like, what's in the front? Ah! <laughs> or the other thing that I had this real, because I buried it. I, like, after it froze, I took it out into the garden and I buried it and I put a little cross in, you know, in front of his you know, grave and stuff How like that. How do you that. know he's Christian? 
I don't. It could have been Jewish. Well, you know what? It wasn't a cross anyway, to be honest. It was a rock that looked like a headstone. <laughs> okay. I found right. this Non-denominal rock. burial. Yeah. I found this little rock. Um, and it was actually, to be honest, it didn't have a name on it because it was just a rock. So it was more like the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Okay. Right? And um, Tomb of the Unknown Rodent. But I did have this like real paranoia that I hadn't frozen him for long enough, and I just like would have this image of this like little mouse's paw coming out of the, the dirt. Yeah, through the door. Brains <laughs> and cheese, but mainly brains. <laughs> yeah, my dad. Um, when I was a kid, and we had a cat, my dad's method of dealing with injured birds or mice, because you know a cat would do the same thing, yeah. would be to put a bit of turpentine or metho into the bottom of a tin because you know let the tin fill up with the gas and then put the the animal in there and, and close it and sort of uh, asphyxiate it and okay. I, apparently that was kind of like a humane way to do it I'm assuming I don't know like knockout gas I don't know your dad had a lot of skulls hanging around the house so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it wasn't <laughs> top house of skulls dad for a while there, when Junior was a puppy, he was uh, attacking birds, and yeah. he got a couple, and I just have to take him to the vet, put him in a shoebox, and take him to the vet. And um, I was like, "So, what are you guys doing?" He was like, "Ah, oh, you know, we just put them down like yeah. straight away, and can break their necks. Sometimes it's faster to do it that way." Just like Jesus, I could never have your job. No, it's terrible. I mean, just uh, when Amy was at the vets, she used to just come home distraught about having to put an having to put down. animals down. Even like because the thing is, and this is what I didn't realize is. That I always only thought that the only reason anyone would ever put down an animal is, you know, that it, it was, was so sick. sick or it was so... And so for me, that I'm like, well, that's humane. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, but that's not true. People put them down for convenience. Mm. Like she was saying that people will come in and go, and we're moving interstate or whatever, and we can't get anyone else to... And so that's why we have so many cats. Yeah, right. Because every time somebody did that, Amy go, oh, like the great escape. She put the cat in her pocket, <laughs> snake it out of the vet studio, <laughs> come home. It is bizarre. Like, I don't understand how anyone can own a pet and then treat it just like... I mean, the whole point of owning a pet, I think, is to form a connection with something that, you know, is to make a bond with an animal. Yeah. And so to then... I I like to get a cat, uh, you know, to make sure that I never feel that important. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps me... Keeps you know your place. Yeah, Yeah, keeps me humble. But then to, to then be able to switch that off and go, okay, well, no, it's just a... It's just a commodity... It's just really bizarre. I mean, I, mean, I can I, understand it if if the animal was sick and yeah. the and the dog and the vet said this is going to cost you fifteen thousand dollars, and you're like, well, fuck, you know, I'm not sure that the dog is worth that much. But something like moving into state or the dog barks too much, or you know, when I, I was an ambassador for an animal shelter for a couple of years when I was doing healers, and I'd sort of go out and try and sort of raise money and, and all that kind of stuff, and. Um, the excuses or the reasons you heard people dump animals were just mind-boggling. Yeah. And like one of the most common ones for dogs was it barks. It's just like... It's a dog. It's a dog. Yeah. I mean, how did you get this far in life? Like you got Have to you an age where you're... Bark? To, yeah. Like that's in like most elementary... Even in cartoons. Yeah, elementary... Even in cartoons where the dogs talk, they also bark when yeah. they talk. Did, like, did you think he'd be like, morning Sam, morning Ralph? Like he's a fucking dog. Yeah. It's in all the, you know, the cow goes moo, the dog goes woof woof. It's fucking easy. You needed a mime. That's what you needed to get for Christmas, a mime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> imagine that. Merry Christmas, kids. Yeah. Ah! Oh my God, it's in a box, but it's an invisible box. <laughs> That's what we always wanted, a Just mime. some lonely art student in white face makeup and a stripy top. Probably be happy for the employment. Yeah. I've spent about $12,000, I reckon, on tip. Like, because he's had obviously a lot of you know, medical issues, and sometimes I do just think about the fact that I mean it wasn't all in one go; it's been in a bunch of different goes. But I do sometimes think he is one of the most valuable assets I own. Behind the house and the car, it's tip. I've spent. <laughs> I should lock him in a safe when I leave the house. Is my point. I've spent less money on myself, yeah, medically, in my life than I've spent on my dog. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, they, you should be able to get his own private insurance. <laughs> Sign him up with MBF. You can get dog or animal insurance. Yeah, we've, we've, I've got cat insurance now because wish I'd had it $15,000 yeah, ago. I was going to say, that, horse, that cat is bolted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I have it now, So, um, which, which is good. 
And it was good I was able to get it because sometimes once your cats are already sick, you yeah. know, they won't let you get it. Yeah, yeah. But I got some other cats' documents and uh, <laughs> I forged them a little bit. And, uh, everything's fine. <laughs> no, they look the same. There's another, anyway. there's another cat in the neighborhood who's willing to sell me some clean urine. <laughs> <laughs> Give that to the vet. Everything's fine. <laughs> I got his medical records on the black markets. Yeah, so it's all fine. Um, we should wind this up. All right. Uh, so you're on tour? Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I'm in Brisbane, I think, this week. I'm at the Brisbane Comedy Festival, willanderson.com.au. And then just a week away from starting at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, uh, uh, I, my show's starting a few days before the festival because I have to leave a little bit early before the end. So um, I know about half of the shows are already um, close to selling out. So if you want to come and see me in Melbourne... Uh, uh, get in soon that'd be cool and hopefully fingers crossed there will be some news either on our Facebook page or our Twitter um, or probably all of these places about a show that we will be doing with the guys from Walking the Room we're still just waiting to hear um, you know s- some details about making sure everyone's in the town at the same time but if you'd love to come and see the guys from the Walking the, Walking the Room and uh, us do something together uh, there's going to be an opportunity to do that early in the festival. We will make sure that we you know, put the details on Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. The crossover episode. Yeah. It's kind of like when um, Angel would get, or Buffy would guest on Angel. Yeah. Although, who, who'd be get, we didn't beget the other show, though, so it doesn't quite work that way. Okay. Well, can it's, it not be- a, well, it's not one's a spin off. No, it's not a spin off. They're just two shows. Oh, you know what it is? It's like when George Clooney and Noah Wilde did a guestie on Friends. Yeah. Because ER and Friends were on the same network and stuff, and there's a little nod. They're like, oh, yeah, we're getting stars from one show to be on the other show. Well, it's like when Munch, who? a detective Munch, was on uh, The X Files. Do you know who Detective Munch is? What's his first name? But <laughs> <laughs> from uh, no Carpet Munch. That's right, Detective Carpet Munch. Uh, no, um, Detective Munch uh, from Law and Order SVU. Right, um, and he was also in uh, Homicide: Life on the Streets, playing. He's, he's one of those guys who's played Detective Munch in like three or four different shows. So like the character ha, has gone in between the shows. So he guested on the X-Files as Detective Munch. He's in Law and Order as Detective Munch. He was on Homicide Life in the Streets as Detective Munch. And I, I think there's even one more. So I think it's a bit more like that. <laughs> okay, We're <sure>. Munch. <laughs> is what I'm saying. We are Detective Munch to their whatever franchise they are. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at TweetFop. And if you like the show, please rate it on iTunes because yep. um, that stuff really helps. And we've got a lot of reviews. Like if yep. you look at the average amount of reviews for a podcast show, we have heaps. And I love reading them too So because um, a lot of you guys are very funny and you like to make fun of my hands. Yeah. You know, get some new material. But it's fine. Yep. It's fine. Uh, what Charlie's saying is pick on him but for something new. <laughs> pick something from the last few episodes and pick on him for that. <laughs> Here's what I would suggest. The fact that he brushed his teeth with hair products. That would be a good place to start. This week on the iTunes ratings, I would like to see there be some sort of theme of Charlie brushing his teeth with hair product and what the results of that might be. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Better than meat nuggets. <laughs>